Okay. Um, as we as as we head towards um, the seventh day of uh, Pesach, so we are presented with a time in which uh, Klal Yisrael uh, sang Shira. The Klal Yisrael sang a song, so to say, toward to to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, as Yashir. That after crossing the Yamsuf, after experiencing the miracles of Kriyas Yamsuf, of the crossing of the Yamsuf, uh, the Jewish people on the other side, after seeing the Egyptians totally destroyed and decimated, they burst out in song. As Yashir, Moshe, Uvnei Yisrael, so Klal Yisrael, Moshe, they all got together uh, in song, singing uh, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Chazal tell us, that the world and HaKadosh Baruch Hu were waiting all that time, that from the beginning of time until the Jewish people got together and sang uh, Az Yashir, the world was waiting for someone to say Shira. That there was Avram Avinu, there was Adam, there was Noach, there was Avram Avinu, there was Yitzchak, there was Yaakov, all of whom had very, very special events, very, very special uh, salvations happened to them. Noach was saved uh, by the Teva from, from the Mabul, and Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was saved, Avram Avinu was saved um, as, as well uh, from the Kifshon Ha'esh, from the, from the fiery furnace. Yitzchak was saved by the Akedah. Yaakov Avinu was saved multiple times. And no one had said Shira. No one had sung to Hashem. Until finally the Jewish people crossed the Yamsuf. And then Shira was sung. And then Shira was finally... Then someone finally sang Shira. So clearly, uh, it's, it's, it's obvious that um, th- there was praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that took place. We know for a fact that, for instance, Avram Avinu was famous for his praising of Hashem, that he, he um, praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, t- time and time again. The, the way he dealt with his guests was he would say to them, um, you know, his guests would thank him for the meals that they got, and Avram Avinu's response would be like, what are you thanking me for? You don't thank me. Thank Hashem. You have to, there, there's Hashem to thank. So praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu definitely took place. But there's something about Shira, there's something about song and singing to Hashem that was something that neither Adam nor Noach nor Avram nor Yitzchak nor Yaakov ever did. And it was specifically the Jewish people after crossing the Yamsuf, that was, it was specifically um, them that they engaged in this special expression of Shira. Okay, so here's a question. Here's an interesting question that, that, that I heard. Um, someone asked, and it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good point. We have a famous uh, compilation called Perak Shira. Uh, it became more popular over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, that, that goes through different parts of creation, different animals, that all of whom sing Shira, all of whom sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we have nature, we have the grass, we have the wheat, we have all forms of animals uh, singing, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a song. So th- the question is like this. Uh, if you have, let's say, um, someone is being uh, endorsed as an absolute genius by the um, you know, American Association of, of Morons, it, it, there, there's nothing 
that's very impressive about that, just because if, if they endorse someone as being a genius. I mean, you have people who are not smart, and they are uh, describing someone as a genius. It's not, you know, it's not very impressive. If you have, um, you know, a bunch of first graders who have decided that their teacher is uh, a brilliant posik, you know, someone who can decide, because every single time a question is raised in the first grade classroom, right, their teacher knows the answer. So I mean, it's not it's not particular it's not necessarily unimpressive, but there's certainly nothing um, very impressive about that. That a bunch of you know uh, first graders believe that someone knows a lot. So what's so great about Parakshira? So you have a donkey singing to Hashem. Um, you know donkeys are donkeys. So the 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 idea that that they would have like you know an impressed opinion of someone or something um, is is nice in the in the realm of donkeys. But but you know as far as everyone else is concerned, as far as the, the you know humankind is concerned, as far as the the galaxy, as far as the universe is concerned, does it really matter that a donkey finds Hakadosh Baruch Hu impressive? Have, feels the feels the, the urge to sing to, to him. That a rat feels the urge to sing to Hashem is that something that's supposed to be impressive? So while there is this concept of Parak Shira, and there's something specific about the Shira, about the song of it that makes it unique and special, etc. But why is it that that is such a hush of a thing? Why is it that that's such an important and 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 meaningful thing that there's song being sung by? Animals by by just like you know regular uh, uh, lowly what we would consider lowly animals. Why is that something chashuv? And again, if we're supposed to look at the the expression of shira as something that is impressive and something that is special, so why is it that like the things that we know that say shira right? Avram never said shira, Yitzchak never said shira, Yaakov never said shira, but the donkey said shira, and and and, and the rabbit said shira. I mean. Okay, so maybe Shira is not not an important thing. Maybe it's not an impressive thing if animals are singing it, and the others are not. So why is it that Shira is looked at as this special thing that the whole world was waiting for, the whole world was looking for, and it's it, it you know it, it, if we can look at it from a certain angle and, and find it to not be really all that impressive. There's there's a fascinating Rashi, a very very puzzling Rashi in Parsha Shlach. Uh, the, the Rashi is talking about the, the Torah is talking about uh, the concept of tzitzis, the mitzvah that we have uh, for on a four corner garment to have tzitzis, and he talks about the idea that there are supposed to be eight strands of tzitzis on every corner. So he says, what's the significance of the eight strands? Why eight? So he says it's the amount of days that it took for the Jewish people to get to uh, Shiras Hayam, for them to do Kriyas Yamsuf and to sing. Shira to Hashem. Okay, so first of all, it's just like a funny connection. Like, what's the connection of the idea that there are tzitzis? Um, and what does that have to do exactly with Kriyas Yamsuf, with the crossing of the Yamsuf? And what does it have to do with the number? And the, the, the real issue over here is that what does it have to do with the number eight? Because we know that Shira's Hayam, the song of Az Yashir, when was that sung? It wasn't sung on the eighth day after leaving Mitzrayim. It was sung on the seventh day. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Why is it number eight? Why is it the number eight? Have, what does it have to do with 
the, the, the crossing the Amsuf and singing Shira to Hashem, when really that happened on day seven, not on day eight. So there's there's one of the Mafarshi Rashi, if in, in the, the Sefer that has the eleven Pirushim of Rashi, one of the Mafarshi Rashi is a Sefer called the Sefer Hazikaron. Um, I, I think it was written around the time of the Inquisition. And he says the following answer. He says that, you know what? There were eight days between the time that the Jewish people said Hallel when making their carbon Pesach. They made the carbon Pesach before they left Mitzrayim, the day before they left Mitzrayim. So there are eight days from the time that they made Hallel, which is really the day before Pesach, Erev Pesach, up until they sang Shira, up until they sang Az Yashir after crossing the Yamsuf. So that's where you get eight. And he says, because there's a process that leads from that Hallel to that Shira. So the Sefer Zikaron and, and you know, by, by extension Rashi are telling us something. That somehow there's some kind of process that takes us from Hallel, that takes us from the praise of Hashem to Shira, to singing to Hashem. That from praise to song, there's some kind of process. It was this eight-day process that took us from the time that we made the carbon Pesach until, after, until the time after we crossed the Yamsuf. So, what is that saying? What is the, what, what is the, how are we supposed to understand this, this process? What's, what's this all about? So, the Maharal talks about uh, a certain idea that, that this is the Maharal, the Svasemis, a lot of, a lot of uh, the Acheronim talk about this, this idea that um, there is something unique about the way we are described, our relationship with Hashem is described when it comes to Kriyas Yamsuf, when it comes to crossing the Yamsuf. We are described as Hashem's people. We are described sometimes as Hashem's avadim, as Hashem's slaves almost. And then there are times when we are described as Hashem's banim, when we're described as the children of Hashem. When is it that we're described as banim? It's always when it comes to our relationship with Kriyas Yamsuf. That we say, that, and again, the, our, our tefilos are written by the Anche Knesset Hagadola. Our, our tefilos are written by um, the, 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 those great leaders of the Jewish people at the time of the, of the Anche Knesset Hagadola. And, and here's what we say. We say, we, well, we say, maybe people said it already, but you say it in Mariv. We say all the time, we say, um, Hamavir Banov Ben Gizri Yamsov. He brought his sons between the the the, chap, the the cut parts of the Yamsov. We say that your kingdom was seen by your sons. Moshe when he set when he split the sea in front of Moshe. Uh, we this that 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 we talk about that the Banim of Hashem, the sons of Hashem, seeing. The, the, the greatness of Hashem, again, always in, when it comes, in, it's, it has to do with this connection in this relationship in, 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 in the context of Kriyas Yamsuf, of, of the crossing of the Yamsuf. Why is it that when it comes to Kriyas Yamsuf, why is it that it's there at that moment that we seem to be captured as Hashem's banim and we seem to be captured as Hashem's children as opposed to before that, as opposed to other points? So the morale explains like this. Shira 
the time that we sing to Hashem, the, the, the concept of singing to Hashem, is an expression of the hishtokakus, which is like the, the thirst and longing of an alul to an ila, of something that is, let's say, the, the product of something to the thing that produced it. So, or, or the, the, the thing that is contingent on something else. So, for instance, um, it's not just like plain old cause and effect, but like the, 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 the connection that's felt between the fruit of, of a plant and the stem or the seed of that plant, that's a connection of an olal to an ilo. That there was something that was the root of something, that was the shorish, that was the, that, that, that was the foundation of something. And then from there you have the extension of it. So the sense that the extension has of being the extension of that thing, that sense of longing for it, appreciation for it, connection to it, that sense is the sense that brings out shira. So therefore, um, when so so, so the, the way he explains it is therefore the the ultimate expression of something being an extension and 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 a product of something else is a bend to an av is is offspring to a parent. So therefore, the the time in which we have this expression of the Jewish people of being banim, when are we expressed as being the offspring of Hashem? It's it's in in the context of the time that we sang to Hashem, because the concept of song, the concept of shira, is when there's this sense that the ben has, that the offspring has, of connection and of wanting to and of longing for and of wanting to be connected to and be like. The, the parent. So therefore, the context of Kriyas Yamsuf, which is the context in which we sang, is also, says the Maral, the context in which we are referred to as the Banim, we are referred to as the children of Hashem. So let's, let's, let's try to break this down. Let's try to understand this a little bit. Okay, the, the, the Rambam, and this is really a, a basic concept, but the Rambam in Yisodi HaTorah uh, really lays this out for us clearly. He says that a, a person is supposed to recognize that Hashem, you know, controls the world. Hashem is one. And from that point, a person looks at the world and he is, he, he's just blown away by it. And that sense of being blown away by it leads to two effects. He says that one effect is that a person feels um, that... Miyad who ohev, so immediately he loves umishabeach and praises umefoyer and 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 creates splendor about umisavet taiva gadola, and he has a very deep desire leda Hashem hagadol to know Hashem. Kamosha Amar David, like David says, tsama nafshi lelokim, that my soul longs is thirsty for Hashem. So. Immediately, a person has like this tremendous sense of ava of love for Hashem, of of desiring this type this type of like deep connection, and he also says, When you think about these things, a person is automatically like like falls backward, and he's afraid, and he's in fear, and he knows he's a little bit, little tiny, itty bitty nothing compared to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. 
So a person has like these two conflicting feelings, these two conflicting senses. They, a person like senses the, 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 the wonder and the, and, and the, the grandeur of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the one hand, a person has like this taiva, this desire and this love to know and come close to him. On the other hand, the person is just blown away by the sense of, of nothingness and, and therefore fear and awe and drawing back from Hashem. So like you have like the sense of like being drawn close and at the same time, the sense of being pushed back, right? I think Rav Schwab used to always say that that's, that's shot in the Jewish shuckle. Like we, we move forward and we move backward. Like we're just like, we're, we're, we're just like, we're, we're drawn forward. We're drawn towards Hashem. But then it's, you know, the closer we come to Hashem, boom, you know, like we, we feel like we have to come back also because we have this, this dual feeling with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this conflicting feeling. So where do these conflicting feelings come from? Like you know, usually the way it is, is that like you have like one sense of something and you're either like fearful of it or you're drawn towards it. And here we have like these two kind of opposite things that, that, that somehow coexist within us. So the, the way it works is like this. If, if somebody would tell you stories, and this actually often happens to us, is that you know, people tell us stories of great men, of, of great, uh, let's say, Jewish, etc., the Vilna Goyen. Now, you tell me stories about him and how, like, you know, when he was three years old, he knew all of Shas Balpeh, all of Shas by heart, and that he was the most uh, brilliant person in the world, and he knew this and that and the other thing, and he was also, you know, a, a little bit of a, you know, he had Ruach HaKodesh, he knew the future, right? You tell me everything about him. I'm constantly blown away by everything that, that I'm told, but every single thing that I'm told basically is also telling me another message. That other message is, is that me and him, there's no connection between us. He's this amazingly awesome, otherworldly type of being, otherworldly type of person, and I'm just like a regular guy, and therefore me and him, not connection. No, no, like, I don't see him in me. I understand that he's there. I understand he's amazing and awesome and wonderful. And I, I, I would like to learn more about him. But, but the more I hear about him, the further I feel connected to him. The further, further from him, the, the more distant I feel my connection is to him. But let's say you have someone who has a parent or a grandparent. And they, are, they know about themselves that they have a lot of the same character traits. They have, you know, the, 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 you know, everybody's got DNA from their parents and grandparents. But sometimes, like, you know, someone has a sense that, like, you know, whatever my parent is, whatever my grandparent is, I'm, I'm like that. You know, I, I, I know that that's me. I know that I'm similar. I know that I'm like that. So when the more you hear about that parent or grandparent, the more you learn about them and about their abilities, what that, what that does is it doesn't m draw kind of more distance between you and them. What it really does is it awakens you, is it lets you know more about yourself. Because you know that that connection between you and them exists. You know that whatever your parent or grandparent is like, you know that there's something in you that's like that. So the more you uncover about them, the more you're kind of uncovering about yourself. So it's the more you hear about them, the more you feel that like, oh, that must be something that I share with them. That must be something that I have in me. And therefore, there's almost more of a sense of connection that's generated by the more you learn about them.
in a similar way, when when we hear about people who have no connection to us, and we hear about someone, you know, this person was was born in, uh, in in Japan, and they're a tremendous genius, and they've become you know wildly successful in their business. You know, you don't have any kind of sense of jealousy of any way about any of their accomplishments or their abilities, etc., because there's just no connection between yourself and that person. You have you you have no one, in, nothing about your lives are 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 common, and therefore. You don't have any kind of sense of jealousy. But when there's a guy who you went to school with, and you know throughout elementary school you were always better than him at school, and throughout high school you were always more successful than him, and all of a sudden he becomes like this wild success at something, and, and you're, you feel like you're a nobody, that engenders jealousy. Why? Because you feel like there's a connection between you and him. You know that, like, hey, wait a second, you know, we did all the same things for 18 years. Like, you know, we were, like, really on par with each other. In fact, you were above that person. And now, all of a sudden, they have success that causes a sense of jealousy because there is a, an assumption that we make that a person like that is someone who I share with. And being that I share, my, I, I see myself in that person, and if that person's more successful than me, that's what's going to cause a person, that's what's going to bring out jealousy inside of someone. So there are some things that we look at, and we see them as being disconnected from ourselves. We can be uh, blown away by them. We could find them to be wonderful and awesome and impressive and, and see the, the fullness of, of their greatness. But it doesn't really have anything to do. We don't look at it in any kind of personal way because it's just not about us. Then we can have other types of finding out about things of other people. And it connects deeply to us. right? Sometimes in like the case of the jealousy thing, it can kind of push us, push us back and make us feel bad. But when it comes to someone who, let's say, we're related to, it makes us look more deeply within ourselves because the more we hear about them and the more impressive we find out their character traits are, there's kind of an assumption we make that somehow that lies within ourselves as well. And therefore, that makes us feel like we're learning something about ourselves in our connection to ourselves through them. So, when it comes to a human being, part of a human being is Aframan Hadama. Part of a human being is dirt from the earth. That's what we are. That's what our bodies are made of. That's some of who we are. And that part of ourselves is totally and completely disconnected from Ruchnius. Is totally the, the, in the world of the spiritual, our physical selves do not we, we don't feel like we belong. We can hear about it. We can say, oh, that's impressive, that's wonderful. But as far as like feeling connected to it, no, we don't necessarily feel connected to it. But then there's a part of ourselves that's a chilek alukamimal. There's a part of ourselves that is, that, that has, we, ha we have a piece, so to say, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu inside of us. And when we have that piece of Hashem inside of us, we have a sense that when we learn about Hashem, we're learning about ourselves. We're learning about something that we're connected to. When we hear the awesomeness of Hashem, when we look around at the world, when we look at the Torah, and we see the impressiveness and the awesomeness of the vastness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, what do we see? On the one hand, the part of us that's, that's Afra Minho Adama, 
we see something that is amazing and, and, and worthy of all kinds of praise, but disconnected from us in a major way. That's the sense of yira. That's the sense of an awe that makes us draw back. We pull away from it. But the part of ourselves, this, the, the, the element of ourselves that is ruchani, that is our neshama, that is our soul, that is of Hashem, the more we learn about the greatness of Hashem, the more drawn we are to it. Because we say to ourselves, that greatness, wow, that, oh, that's about me. That's, that's in me. And I feel connected to whatever that greatness that I'm experiencing, whatever that greatness that I'm seeing, whatever that greatness that I'm learning about, I'm, that's, that's part of me. When Klal Yisrael at first saw Nisim, when at first they saw miracles of Hashem, and they saw the awesomeness and the wonder of Hashem in Mitzrayim, Hashem turned the world upside down through the Makos, took us out of Mitzrayim, all of that brought out inside of us a halel, a praise of Hashem. It's a praise of Hashem that is looking at something and just being in total awe of what that thing is. That is something that is, it's, it's tremendous, it's amazing. I guess it likes us because it took us out of Mitzrayim. But that sense of connection was not strong. When we got to the Yamsuf. At that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu called us Vira'ubanim, Vira'ubanov. We felt ourselves, we understood ourselves to be the Banim of Hashem. So then, the, the offspring of Hashem. So when we saw Hashem's greatness, we were seeing something that we felt connected to. That we felt, wait a second, this is our Father. This is what is in our DNA. This is us. And that is what brought out in us the sense of shira, the sense of song to Hashem. So therefore, it's specifically at the Yamsuf, specifically at that point, that we sang. Kriyas Yamsuf was a time that when, when, when all was said and done, after Hashem split the sea, took us through, etc., showed us all of those miracles, showed us all of those nisim, at the end we were saying, Zekeli va'anvehu, this is my God and I will beautify Him. So Chazal tell us, what does the va'anvehu mean? So it means anivahu, it's it's I and him, that that we saw ourselves connected to Hashem. Chazal learned out of the word vanvehu that we are supposed to learn our midos. We're supposed to learn how we're supposed to behave from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We say mahu rachum rachum. Just like Hashem has rachamim, has mercy, so too we're supposed to have mercy. Mahu chanun Just all these different midos, all these different character traits of Hashem, we say that, well, if Hashem has that, then I should have that. Why would we think that if, what do we see? If Hashem splits the sea, then I should split the sea? What is it that we're seeing over there? What we saw was, is that we had this sense that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is more than this external being who suddenly we found favor in his eyes and therefore he decided to move us on the on the chessboard from this from place A to place B. It's that no, we sensed about ourselves that we were the bonim of Hashem, that we were more than just, you know, people that Hashem decided to to take away from these bad guys. They're the bad guys in Mitzrayim, we're the good guys, the Jews. So Hashem said the good guys should be taken away from the bad guys. We saw it was much more than that. We saw that there was this connection, that we were the bonim, we were the offspring. We, we, so to say, had, we felt within ourselves that DNA, that, that, that neshama, that really is a part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
we felt that within ourselves, we realized that Hashem was something more than just a great being that is a great, you know, being that is removed from us. No, no, no. We said he's not removed from us. He's not. He's not. Uh, Hashem doesn't just deserve Hallel. He doesn't just deserve praise because he's so great. But now we realized that we are his bonim. We are the offspring. We are. We we come from him. That essentially we have something inside of us that is of him, and therefore our expression of praise of Hashem changes. It changes from being something that is being that 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 is just so to say a halal and it moves into the realm of shira now what's so special about shira if animals say shira what's so special about it so you say no 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 it works like this animals don't have the ability to say halal what is the concept of halal halal is that i'm standing here you know i'm i'm an outside observer i have the ability to be marach things i have the ability to ascribe value to things and I see a value in A over B. I see a value in a diamond over, uh, you know, you know, over, over garbage. I'm, I'm a person who's able to ascribe value to things. And I can say, Hallel, I can praise this over this. That's if something is external. Shira is that I sense that there is a connection. I sense that there is something of me that is connected to that. And therefore, because of my longing to express my joy in the connection to that thing, I sing a shira. Everything, every animal, everything that was created by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is an element of the will of Hashem, of the Ratzon of Hashem, that made that thing come into being. There is something, it's in every donkey, and in every rat, and in every mouse, and in every rabbit, and in every cow, every blade of grass. There is a will of Hashem that makes that thing exist, that, that, that gives it its, its existence. So therefore, all of those things say from in themselves, they express from within themselves a shira to Hashem. Because a shira is not just an expression of, oh, it's the, the first grader who thinks somebody's a genius. No, 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 that's not what it is. It's the first grader who's expressing something about they know that they're connected to their father, they know that they're connected to this greater thing, and they're just singing of their joy and their longing to continue that connection to that great thing that they are connected to and that they are a part of. So therefore, even animals have the ability to sing Shira because Shira is that expression, the expression of a ben, the expression of an offspring, the expression of something that comes from and feels itself, its existence, being contingent on something else. That's the concept of Shira. That's why Shira is special, and it's in every animal. So from the beginning of time, up until the Jewish people crossed the Yamsuf, this sense, there, there was praise of Hashem, there definitely was. Adam and Noah and Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, they all praised Hashem for sure. But the sense of Vrobanov, Gvuraso, that his children, that we, they felt that they were literally his offspring, that they were able to identify that Neshama inside themselves as being something that is so connected to Hashem that they, that, that, that they had that sense of needing to say a shira, of needing to express their joy in that connection, that was something that was finally neschadish. It finally became 
uh, came out into the open. It became uh, visible. It became something that, that was able to be felt at the time of Kriyas Yamsuf. So when we count the eight tzitzis, right? Tzitzis are an expression of kesher, so to say, right? It's full of, it's the nuts. It's what ties us to Hashem. Tzitzis are an expression of zechira, of remembering, of, of, of something being remembered. So the movement from Hallel, of, uh, at the time of the Karban Pesach, to the Shira, that was an eight-day process that brought us from being something that was external, where we saw Hashem as something external from ourselves, as to rather seeing Hashem as something that was a part of ourselves. This is something, this concept is something that translates into the way we're supposed to be over Hashem, into the way we're supposed to serve Hashem. There's a Gemara at the, at, at the end of, at the end of uh, Megillah. The Gemara says, so it's, it, the Halacha Lamais of it is, uh, is something that um, at times can maybe even um, be something that, that people might think is annoying, but it says, Amr of Shifti, Amr of Yochanan, Kalakori Baloni'ima, Somebody who reads Chumash without, like, a tune. Vishonen, somebody who learns below Zimra without singing. Uh, all of Hakas of Omer, about him, the Pasuk says, V'gam ani nasati lohem chukim lotovim. I gave to that person laws that were not good. Umishpatim lo yichyu bahem. And laws that they don't live with them. So the 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 the, Torah's, the, the Gemara is telling us that a person has to, or is supposed to, sing or have some sort of tune. Uh, there's, there's no tune that's recorded over here in the Gemara. Um, yeah, you, 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 you don't need that tune to bother other people. That's for sure. Uh, something that's that's not necessary. And it's it's clear it's clear in the Mefarshim that the idea of the why do why are you supposed to do this tune? So um, Tosis says over here, the because it makes things you, you remember it better when you sing something. So then it kind of locks it in your head. Yeah, when when you have the the tune put to it, so there's something that the 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 pasuk that's being brought out over here is a very important pasuk. The pasuk says, "Why does it have to have a song? What's the point of having a song? Because otherwise you have mishpatim lo yichyu bahem. You have laws that lo yichyu they are not living bahem in them. What we need to have." What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to have is that our Torah, our mitzvos, these are things that are yichya, that are living, not just living things that, that, that exist out in the world, but that they are yichya bohem, that they live inside of us, that within the Jewish people these things are alive, they're part of who we are. What that means is that we are constantly feeling that who are we, what are we all about? We are all about that connection that we have to Hashem through Torah, through mitzvahs. That is what causes us to have shira, to have song bubbling forth from within us, uh, uh, coming out from inside of us. And it's that sense, if, if you're living, if, if the Torah, if the mitzvahs are living inside of you, so then it's going to be something that you sing. It's going to be something that comes out of you with song. Why is it something that you remember? What's, because when something is a part of you, that's when you remember it. The things that we really feel are part of our identity, those are the things that we hang on to. Those are the things that we remember. 
The Jewish people's movement from leaving Mitzrayim to coming through the Yamsuf was the difference between a people who saw Hashem as something external to themselves and they moved into a point where they realized that no, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, some, was, was something that lives within me and that I feel that connection of being a, bon, a Ben, an offspring of Hashem. I feel that longing and that desire to come closer and closer and understand more and more about my parent, about my father, about, my, about, about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that feeling engenders the sense of shira, the sense of song, this overwhelming sense that a person just wants to burst out in song because they feel so lucky and happy to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the, in the Mishkan and in the Beis HaMikdash, there was a requirement to have song, that there were instruments that were playing, there, were, there, was, mute, there, there, were, there was singing that was taking place. Why? So, says the Torah Samincha, one of the, one of the students of the Rajba, he says, because that in, pull, pulls out of a person the memory of what it was like before he was created, before he came down to this earth, when he was up by the Kisei HaKavod, because back up by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there was this sense of song. What he's saying is, is that what the song brings out, the song in the Beis HaMikdash, that type of music, that type of feeling, a person who was there had the sense of, wow, I can't believe I come from Hashem. I can't believe I'm still connected to Hashem. And these karbanos that I bring, the, the offerings that I bring, the mitzvahs that I do, the Torah that I have, these are all things that are expressions, that are byproducts of this connection that I have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of this, of of the the fact that I am the offspring, I am the ben, I'm the the son, I'm the 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 daughter of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, what comes out is that on Shvi Shal Pesach, on the seventh day of Pesach, on this time, at this time that we are celebrating the Shiras Hayam, the time that the Jewish people moved from being a people who were able to say Hallel, and they moved all the way to being able to say Shira, to say Song to Hashem. It means that they moved from being a people who saw Hashem as something outside of themselves to being a people who were able to sense Hashem within themselves. But that means that they were able to sense that everything that they, that, that they know about Hashem was really bringing out more and more of what they were because they saw themselves as being offspring of Hashem. And that's what we have the ability, and that's what the Torah is telling us, the Gemara is telling us, is that we have the requirement to feel that when we learn our Torah, when we do our mitzvahs, they have to be accompanied by zimra. They have to be accompanied by song. It doesn't literally mean that we have to be walking through our day singing and humming and, you know, and, and tapping our feet. Uh, you know, that, that, maybe it's a nice thing to do, maybe. But it's, it's, it, what it's saying is, is that the sense of a person wanting to feel that hishtokagos, that, that thirst, that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that should be the overwhelming sense that we have as we experience Torah and mitzvahs. Because our Torah and mitzvahs are telling us things, not just about, oh, that there's this Hashem and I can do things for Him, but that it's saying that, no, when I do these things, I am doing things that are connecting me and drawing me closer and closer and closer to my Father, closer and closer and closer to my parents, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person is able to bring out the sense within a person that he's the Ben, that he's the son, that he's the daughter, that he's the offspring of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And it's that sense that we celebrate developing and that we celebrate having on the seventh day of Pesach. So as the Jewish people went through the Yamsuf and got that initial sense of being the Banim of Hashem, of saying, saying, this is my God, and it's me and Him, and I see that there's this connection of me and him, that mahu afata, that just like he is a certain way, I have to emulate him. I have to copy him. I have to imitate him. Because, not because he's some far removed thing from me, but because he's my father. Therefore, this is something, whatever he does is something that I have to do. I have to see what he does and I have to imitate him. That sense of connection, that sense of being the ben of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of being the, 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 the child, the offspring of Hashem, is the sense that's supposed to fill our lives and fill our Torah and fill our mitzvahs and make it that it's not just on the seventh day of Pesach, it's not just after cross, crossing the Amsuf that they sang Shira, but that's the first time they sang Shira. And then after that, life was able to be a Shira, life is, whole, uh, one's whole life is able to be a song to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a song of longing, a song of connection. So we should be Zohar, as we go through this Shavi Shal Pesach and Shemini Shal Pesach, as we go through these days, these final days of Pesach, these days in which the Jewish people felt and were able to get the sense of the, this connection and the song of Hashem and the song of connection to Hashem, that we should be Zohar, we should, we should merit to feel that ourselves and be able to take that with us away from Kriyas Yamsuf and into the rest of our lives. Everybody should have a wonderful Yom Tif and, um, and, uh, and, and a good Shabbos after that. And uh, everybody should continue to, to stay well. That's just a shame. Be well. Be well.